Point. It is so good to see you wherever you are, whether you're here in the U.S., in the Nashville area, or anywhere around the world. We are so glad you're with us for this virtual-only weekend gathering. Uh, I want to begin today by sort of offering a little bit of a confession, and that confession is that I am one of the most directionally challenged people you'll ever meet. I just am not good with it. When people ask, oh, is that over by, and they name some place, no matter how long I've lived in a spot, no matter how many times I've driven around it, I literally have no idea what they're talking about. That has always been true for me. Uh, I remember when I first got my driver's license when I was 16, about a year later, uh, I started preaching, and I got on this preaching circuit in um, the county where I live, Pike County. It was the biggest county in Kentucky. You could drive for hours, all sorts of little hollers and nooks and crannies. I never knew where I was going, and so I discovered this tool called MapQuest, and I would go get on our super slow computer, and I would t- go to MapQuest on the internet, and it made that noise, you know, like the dial-up noise, so you had to wait forever. It would, it would come up. I would type in the address of where I was going. It would pull up the map. I would print it off, and, and then in my car, I would have this map with step, step-by-step instructions that told me how to get from where I was to where I wanted to go. You, you just plug in point A and then point B, and it gave you all the steps in between. Now, it wasn't maybe quite as easy, but before that, we had atlases, right, that we would buy, and it would show us how to get basically anywhere. And now think about how far we've come. Uh, now, even if I know exactly where I'm going, I will open Waze on my phone and put in the location. I do that mainly so I know when to slow down. Um, it ultimately takes all the guesswork out of it. It also takes all the adventure, I guess, out of traveling. It's really hard to get lost in a back. although I will say sometimes Waze has taken me down some really interesting paths. But it kind of takes out the, the guesswork, and it offers a kind of certainty. You know where you are, and you know where you want to be, and now you know all the steps in between. I think maybe one of our struggles in the, the spiritual life or, or, or just life is that we expect that experience to translate into all other areas, whether it be faith or whether it be relationships, spirituality. We long for a kind of certainty. We want there to be like the step-by-step guide, a recipe that guarantees a certain outcome. If I just do this and this, then it'll equal this. If I put in where I am and I put in where I want to end up, then it'll give me a step-by-step guide how to get there. If we just follow the plan, if we just do what we're supposed to do, everything will work out. And of course, work out, right? That's what we, that, that's what we say. It'll all work out the way it's supposed to. Um, after all, we get set up for that in the way we talk about the Bible, the way we talk about Scripture. I mean, how many of you have heard this one before? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Seek God's will in all you do, and God will show you which path to take. Because I can do all things with a verse taken out of context. Right? I mean, this idea that if we just do A, B, and C, that God will always give us whatever the answer is. We've been taught that, we've been fed that, but the problem is that many of us have done all that. We've done all the right things we could do. We, we've put in A and we've put in B and we just haven't gotten a clear path between the two. There's actually a story in the Bible that seems to understand the complexity of this journey. It happens really early in the Bible. It happens in Genesis chapter 12. The first 11 chapters of Genesis are known as prehistory. So it's stuff about creation and floods and towers and those sorts of things. And then in Genesis 12, we're introduced to one of the defining characters of the Hebrew Bible and all the Bible, really. It's a man named Abram. He'd later be called Abraham, but when we meet him, his name is Abram. And this is how we're introduced to his story. Genesis 12, verse 1. 
The Lord said to Abram, leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, those who curse you, all a curse. And all families of earth will be blessed because of you. Now just imagine this. Abram is told, Abram, I want you to leave where you are, your, your, family, your family home, the place where you've grown up, the place where you've, the, all you've known, familiarity, everything. I want you to leave that. And I imagine if you're Abram, the question is, okay, where are we going? And God essentially says back to him, the land I'll show you. Right, that's pretty clear, right? Where are we going? Oh, you know, the place, I'll show you. I'll tell you when we get there. And the text says, Abram's response is, he left. He went. He packed up and he headed out. I just imagine there'd be so many questions like, which way do I go out of the driveway? How, how do I know which turn? To, there, there are no clear directions. There is no step by step. It's go and somehow you'll know when you get there. Now, I think it's important to acknowledge the, the ways that this text can be used in a toxic way. And here's what I mean. There's this sense that runs, uh, this understanding that runs in some Christian circles that if you enjoy it, it can't be good for you. And so God probably doesn't want you to do it. The only thing God will ever ask you to do is whatever it is you hate and that will make you miserable, right? Because serving God is so joyful. Um, and so it's this idea, if, if you want to do it or it brings you joy, you, you know, it's not good for you. But if it seems really difficult and challenging and painful and you hate it, God's probably calling you to that. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true at all. I think it's a terrible way to read the Bible and a worse way to plan your life. But I do think the gift of this story, maybe what it offers us, is it reminds us that this journey we are invited to undertake, it offers us a lot of things, but certainty isn't one of them. It's an invitation to head out without turn-by-turn -turn instructions, to pack light and be ready to move at a moment's notice which is kind of the polar opposite of what I was taught, to be honest. Faith for me growing up, faith was a place to land. It was a place to settle and from which we would never, ever, ever move. Right? It was a place where we had all of the answers because we controlled all the questions. And so we set up shop and we built temples and structures and we put down our roots and we would never leave from this spot. Yeah, this idea of faith being about staying put, you don't really find that in the Bible. Actually, the story that emerges in Scripture is a story of Abraham who is on the move, and it's the story of the Israelites who experience an exodus and a wandering and then an exile and a return. It's the story of Jesus who calls disciples to follow him, and then he sends them out to preach good news. And then it's the story of the first Christians who are constantly on the move, both running from the authorities and creating these new radical inclusive communities, continuing that good work. And they weren't just moving physically. I think that's the point. They weren't just moving physically. It wasn't just about going from this place to another place. They were also moving internally. They were moving spiritually. Their understanding was changing. They were growing their faith shifted, and as they went, they entered in uncharted territory, not only geographically, but internally. They went into places they never could have imagined. Great Jewish writer Abraham Joshua Heschel said, faith is not the clinging to a shrine, but an endless pilgrimage of the heart. Think about that. Faith is not clinging to a shrine, but an endless pilgrimage of the heart. In that sense, faith is really nomadic. It's about movement and change. 
And I know some of you who are watching right now, your faith has moved and changed and you've been made to feel like you're the one that has something off about you, that you're the one who's strayed, that you're the one who's not faithful. When the entirety of our tradition has pointed in the direction of movement and change. Faith is dynamic, not static. It's not frozen and still. It's about envisioning a world that doesn't exist yet and then working to create that world, to bring that world into reality and existence. Faith is about journeying beyond the boundaries of the map, beyond the known and into the mystery and the what could be-ness of the world. That's where faith calls us. You know, this all reminds me of a song from the uh, greatest rock band that has ever lived and been formed and will ever live and be formed. Of course, I'm talking about U2. Um, if you have negative U2 comments, I would invite you not to leave them in the chat because that's just rude. Um, but 20 years ago, 20 years ago, they released an album and it was called All That You Can't Leave Behind. It was one of their, I think many people would say it's one of their greatest albums. Um, it's, it's a really good album. Um, and one of the tracks on that record is a song called Walk On. And it was actually written, I didn't know this um, when I first heard the track 20-some years ago, but it was actually written about a pro-democracy activist in Burma. Um, and after they met her, they ended up writing this song about her. And it's a song, it's called Walk On. It's a song about movement. It's a song about continuing um, it's a song about, um, there, there's this image inside the song about there's, there's darkness and the daylight seems like it's really far away. And it, this line is the one that has always stood out to me. And it says this, you're packing a suitcase for a place none of us has been, a place that has to be believed to be seen. Now, I, I have to confess, when I heard this song way back in 2001, 20 years ago, I was still pretty uh, locked in and literal in my faith. And I thought they were singing about going to heaven when you die. You're packing a suitcase for heaven and you gotta believe in it to get there. Um, but that's actually not what they're talking about. The, the packing a suitcase for a place is not about evacuation. It's not about leaving the world for heaven above. It's actually about committing to the world, committing to the work of the kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. It's about imagining what the world could be and realizing that there are no clear directions, there is no recipe, there is no step-by-step -step guide to bringing that world about. It can only be realized by leaving the safety and the certainty that we try to construct around the known and the familiar. It's about leaving the certainty and security we've been trained to protect at all costs and moving toward that which could be. No guarantees, no certainty. packing a suitcase for a place that you can just begin to imagine what that place might be. It's not about pie in the sky, but it's the reality that the world we long to be a part of can only be realized when we actually begin to believe it's possible because we actually won't begin creating that world until we begin to believe it's possible. And with everything happening in the world, it can be such a challenge to muster up enough courage to begin to imagine what the world could be. In a world full of disaster, climate change, chaos, um, war, violence, so much pain and trauma, it can feel really scary to begin to imagine what could this world be? But that world only gets realized when we imagine it and then we're willing to pull up stakes and set out on a journey whether maybe we, we, we kind of have a vague idea of where this might go. 
but there's no certainty and there's no way to know for sure until we start the journey. Uh, Brian McLaren has this book and it's, it's a great book. It's called, We Make the Road by Walking. And I think that's the best phrase I've heard to describe this. We really are making the road by walking. There is no trail blazed out in front of us. There has been to a certain point, right? Our ancestors blazed a trail to a certain point and then it stops. And now it is our opportunity to continue building the road, continue making the road as we walk. We really are packing a suitcase for a place none of us have been because nobody's been there. And it's a place that does not come to us on a map, but it comes through the imagination and it comes through the heart. And we do not have any, a MapQuest printout with step-by-step instructions, but what we do have is we have been given the Spirit to guide us. The Spirit as a trusted guide. I think one of the dangers and one of the problems is we have not really been taught to trust that. We've been taught to trust our doctrines and our certainty and where we've, where we've been and what we know. And yet it seems like this is an invitation into a wildness, into an off-the-map experience where we really are blazing a new kind of trail. And I think that's what we're trying to do here at Grace Point. Uh, Together, we seek to be on a journey that continually calls us beyond the certainty, beyond the known, beyond the myth that we have it all figured out, and into the transformation and possibility of that place that must be believed before it can be seen. And here's the thing, if we ever hit that place, if we ever hit, we start out in point A, we ever hit point B, and we feel like we've arrived, that is the very moment when we know we haven't. What that means is we've just parked in another place of certainty and we'll need to pull up stakes and pack it all up and begin moving again and again because faith ultimately isn't clinging to a shrine or clinging to a place. Faith is an endless pilgrimage of the heart. It is a journey, it is a movement, and it's something that continually invites us and draws us and calls us forward.